Thank you for joining us this evening on the podcast. Coming to you live from the Gutterman Estates, located on the third fairway of the Louisville Country Club, with a stunning view of the lake. Today, our host, Michael Gutterman, will have a very cerebral discussion with you about photography, his philosophies on life, his thoughts on poverty, and those who do not shoot Leicas and Leica gloss. <laughs> oh, while he sips a lovely Chardonnay. Ah, I'm just goofing with ya. It's Mike Gutterman. He's in the Gutter Man Cave. He's drinking cheap-ass beer. He's shooting APS film. And this is the Negative Positives Podcast. 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 Hello and welcome to the Negative Positives Podcast, episode number 220. I am your host, Mike Gutterman, coming to you from the Gutterman Cave in Louisville, Kentucky. This is kind of the technically the actual midweek episode. If you guys have uh, been paying attention, I did have a kind of a bonus episode a couple days ago to get out some information, mostly about like the double exposure tag team challenge that uh, people uh, that is now ready to be signed up for. So if you want to sign up for the double exposure, the negative positive double exposure tag team challenge, uh, you can sign up for that on the Facebook group. If you uh, go to the Facebook group, the Negative Positive Film Photography Podcast Facebook group, under announcements, you'll see where to sign up uh, to be a part of the, uh, the the challenge. And also, if you're not on the Facebook group, we have set up, or actually Sean Nelson has set up a way to sign up uh, outside of Facebook on his uh, website, uh, www. Uh, utahfilmphotography.com you can actually sign up there as well whether you want to be an individual that wants to be paired up with another individual for the double exposure challenge or if you are a podcast a film podcast that wants to challenge the negative positives at this community challenge this community throwing the gauntlet down to see which film podcast will come out the big champion of the uh the second annual negative positives a double exposure tag team challenge uh, you can sign up on his website as well it'll take you to a google forms uh, page to, to sign up and that is uh, again uh, utahfilmphotography.com or if you're on the facebook group just look at the announcements at the top of the page and you can find the link there to sign up so uh, but I had to do a, a, a kind of an earlier episode this week to kind of get that out there because we only have till april 15th to uh, I think it's 15th to sign up for there maybe it's the 17th i'm not sure that's uh yeah i should probably look that up but it's it's uh, only a couple weeks to sign up for this thing so if you um, are interested in doing that uh sign up uh better now than later so uh and so but <laughs> this episode kind of happened out of the blue uh simon forrester from the classic lenses podcast uh hit me up i was i was off work i got off work like Friday night, it was technically Saturday morning, and uh, I was just enjoying a couple of beers to wind down from work in the Gutterman Cave, and uh, he wanted to set me up on uh, Google Hangouts because uh, I was supposed to join uh, Simon and quite a few of the other film podcast community on Sunday morning to kind of pull off or try to pull off our April Fool's gag, uh, <laughs> which I'm sure everyone is maybe heard about by now 
where we tried to uh, say that we were going to stop doing these individual podcasts and all going to join as one big Monopoly podcast. <laughs> so uh, in order to kind of spur the joke on, uh, everyone was kind of joining the Classic Lenses podcast on Sunday morning very early and uh, uh, to kind of try to pull this April Fool's joke off. Well, uh, I had never been on Google Hangouts before, so uh, I had mentioned in a messaging thread between all the podcasts that I'm not sure how to get set up. Simon offered to kind of like get me set up. It's like, hey, Mike, you got some time. I'll set you up right now. So uh, we did that. And this was like really early Saturday morning. I was already several beers in and uh, but it seemed like a good idea, right? And so, uh, but we, me and Simon got to talking and, uh, and Simon was apparently recording the conversation. And at some point during our conversation, he informs me that uh, he's recording and this is becoming a podcast. <laughs> so uh, there's, uh, it's, it, it was, uh, it was, it's good, you know, because I've always wanted to have Simon uh, Forrester uh, on the show. And of course, uh, I've always had trouble uh, making uh, these podcast episodes work with people in the UK and in Europe in general with our schedules and stuff like that, because the time time zone uh, differences are so different, you know, whatever. Uh, but so anyhow, this what you're getting ready to hear is basically a conversation between Simon Forrester and I uh, that seemed podcast worthy but uh so but it does it, it one thing that the good that has come out of this is you know i get off on friday nights um and which would be kind of early in the morning for the uk listeners or anyone in the uk and maybe some other uh european nations or whatever and so it does make me realize that hey if there's some people that we've had a hard time coordinating uh to get on the podcast uh, that live over in that side of the of the of the planet. Uh, it's very possible that uh, I could do a one-on-one uh, kind of short interview or just have you on the show that way. It's kind of opened my eyes up to the fact that maybe I could get some European uh, voices on this podcast by when I get off work Friday night. So if any of you uh, European uh, listeners that would love to come on Negative Positives um, is up really early on Saturday mornings, your time. There's a good chance it'll be me getting off work on Friday night, Saturday morning, my time, and we could maybe make that happen. So that has kind of opened up a possibility there uh, to have some of the people I've long kind of wanted to have on, but just couldn't really work out from a time zone situation. But uh, I will say this about uh, the conversation that Simon and I have. We, because I didn't really know this was a podcast, (laughs) we're going to become a podcast. Uh, There is quite a bit of digital talk in this episode so hopefully i don't uh turn off or anger uh the uh the loyal listeners of the negative positives podcast (laughs) but i think it's it's an interesting conversation Uh, come on we all shoot some digital from time to time there's nothing wrong with that and so there's a there's a good section of digital talk but it does tie into film and uh our love for film uh through that kind of conversation so i think it's uh hopefully you'll find it enlightening or illuminating or whatever but uh and also let's be honest here i mean simon kind of he kind of hoodwinked me into this like uh (laughs) kind of kind of tricked me possibly i i don't know Uh, because this this somehow became a negative positive episode and i wasn't quite sure and obviously too i was quite a few more beers into this conversation uh than simon had just gotten up and i'm guessing he's like probably drinking tea i guess that's what those english guys do but and i'm i'm like four or five beers deep so uh his conversation might sound uh, way more cognitive than mine but uh 
<laughs> Mostly it's just me cackling, uh, which would be no different than any other episode, I guess. So I guess it fits right in. So, but anyway, let's. Uh, I'm gonna put in a little break music here to kind of uh, so we don't go straight into a really strange hard transition to the conversation I had with Simon Forrester, uh, and then uh, you'll get to hear this this really early morning, or actually really early morning for him, and very late night after a long factory night and several beers deep, me uh, in a, a phone conversation that I didn't realize was becoming a podcast. So that's kind of the setup on this deal. Uh, but thank you so much, Simon, uh, for uh, having the chat with me. It was a really good time, and uh, uh, I'm glad to finally get you on the podcast, even though I didn't know you were going to be on the podcast. So definitely uh, check out Classic Lenses Podcast, and uh, he gives all his information at the end. But you guys know, you know, you guys know Simon. So uh, all right, let's uh, let's put in a little break music here, and then we'll, we'll go into uh, this uh, this conversation. That how in the hell did this become a podcast? So here we go, folks. Making me jealous with that mic. <laughs> Actually, this was a mic that I used to record band practices with. It's one of those like Zoom H2 like uh, kind of digital recorder things. Yeah. Uh, but I also use it as a USB mic as well, so it kind of has a dual dual function. But uh, uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, and uh, I can surprise the damn thing still works. I've dropped it so many damn times, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, or actually, a lot of times we would set it up at the at the band practice space, and the sheer volume would would like vibrate it off the shelf we had it sitting on, and it would fall and hit the floor and stuff. So yeah, it was this thing's been through hell and back, but it still works, so I, I can't complain. But uh, it was good to talk to you, Simon. Man, it's the first time we've kind of talked. Uh, it, it is, person, it is, person. yeah. And it, it's it's always it's always weird, isn't it, when you you're talking to somebody that you know the voice very well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know the person yeah. as well. It's it's a bit weird. <laughs> It is. It is. Uh, I am almost completely caught up on y'all's episodes. Like I maybe have like ten more to get through. So I've been on a I've been on a rampage of getting caught up. So uh, I'm just maybe have like ten episodes left. And I'm getting towards. I started off listening to your early shows. Then I decided to go back. Yeah. And go from the newest and go back. And now I'm somewhere like close to the beginning, but not quite the beginning. So somewhere around like. I don't know, 10 to 30 range, I guess is where I'm at. I don't know. How many, how many episodes do y'all have? Uh, well, the six, 61 is, is what we're up to. So, uh, okay. So yeah, probably I'm, I'm in like the probably 10 to 20 to 20 something range. So that's where I'm at now. <laughs> that's, that's, that's commitment. I'm proud of you, Mike. <laughs> well, uh, Simon, you got to realize, man, I got a factory job, man. I got to get something, anything keeps, anything keeps my mind off of, uh, the, uh, robotic nature of my work. Uh, man. Yeah. I, I enjoy it, but, uh, yeah, so, so it's definitely been good. But uh, I, I remember when I, I, I said this when Simon was on the episode. I was like, you know, because uh, uh, I, I, I listened to you guys when you first came out, and I was like, man, I don't know if this podcast is for me. I don't know, have I don't have the slightest idea what these guys are talking about, yeah. and like, because <laughs> like I'm not a not a big lens guy, you know, or, or never never really kind of went into that realm. But uh, uh, the podcast is definitely. Uh, I don't know if it was a deliberate uh, thing on your all's part or whatever. Or you just kind of ran out of like 
really technical lens things to talk about, but like, it seems like it's now it's, there's, there's a whole lot more personality to it. And yeah. I just feel like you guys are really, uh, uh, it's, it's become a really entertaining podcast. Whereas the first couple episodes, I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't listen to this one, man. I have no idea what they're talking about, but <laughs> well, well, you, you, you pretty much, well, you, you bang on the money there. And, uh, and, and the, it's actually all down to a podcast that you've not listened to yet. Um, you've you've already heard um, Hamish and James Giordano, I think. Uh, I'm guessing you you may have done by going back in time. Uh, let's see. Have I heard Hamish? I just what was the last one I just listened to? It was. Uh, uh, gosh, where am I? Let I me mean, just pull up my podcast app. See where I'm at here because I was just listening to you guys before I got off work uh, tonight. So uh, uh, let's see. I am. Okay, I am on episode. Okay, I just finished Pick on Carl Week, so I'm on episode 29. Lens gas is oh, my right. next one. So. Yeah, you got quite, <laughs> quite, quite a few to go then. Um, yeah, but then I, I did listen to like the first several, so somewhere between 29 and like 10 is where I'm at. So yeah, well, yeah. well James, James, I think was on episode. Uh, where are the other episodes gone? I don't. I'm sorry, I'm on my own website now, and I can't navigate. <laughs> uh, uh, ah, the older episodes. That's it. Let's see. Um, was that, it, it started off being very, very, very super technical. Um, as yeah, you, as yeah. You said there, and um, and we realised that there's only so many lenses out there that we can do this with, and uh, so things had to change. Um, well, I gotta say, like it went from a podcast, and and you know, and, and I'm not saying the bad, the first ones are bad. It just was not my not my shtick. I'm not like, I'm not big into lenses or whatever. So like, uh, that, I, although I did enjoy kind of the one about the, the Pentax lenses because I'm a big Pentax guy. So it kind of, that, that kind of, uh, that kind of did educate me a little bit, but, uh, uh, but the, uh, but I do, I, I will say like, you know, you just got like, you guys have become like one of my favorites because like, there's so much personality. I like the, I always love podcasts where the host kind of like, joke on each other and there's like in joking and stuff i feel like that adds a lot of personality to it and i feel like you guys are really coming to your own on that on that on that kind of situation and it's just been a it's been like i really really thoroughly enjoy it now like it went from something i wasn't sure i was gonna listen to something i actually look forward to now so uh, so good on you yeah i appreciate that and i think the episode that did it was episode seven uh, mm. and that was uh, when we had James Giordano on for the first time and James okay. is a um, is a glamour photographer uh, I know I, I, I do remember that podcast I have listened to that one yeah I remember that yeah mm-hmm. and that, that just completely changed it from that point onwards because we realized you know let's just talk to people and uh, and take it from there yes we will do you know lens specials and things like that but, oh yeah yeah uh, but yeah, it, it, it did change from, from that episode onwards, and it's just evolved. And, and a lot of it has been driven by Johnny. Uh, because um, he was like saying, Why, we don't have to just talk about lenses. You know, let's, let's talk about right, photography right. And, and stuff like that. Right, right. And, uh, and I said, well, yeah, let's do that, but let's transition to it. I don't want to yeah, you know, yeah. completely hit a switch. And uh, so, ha- has has your all's group uh, the the the, the lensless? What was it? What is the actual name uh, of the group? Ph- the- ph- photography with classic lenses. Okay, have they like accepted the sort of transition, or are they like, oh, I just wish they just talk about lenses? I mean, what, what's been oh, the vibe there? Like, well, the, fir- the first point is, I mean, the, the podcast, uh, the group was came first, but it was so it was an established group already, um, and uh, but it was primary. It started primarily as digital on uh, digital cameras with old lenses, um, uh-huh. and uh, uh, yeah, listening to people like yourself and Sunny Sixteen. 
um, the 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 three of well, no, no, Carl and I actually was John has always been film. Um, we got more <laughs> and more into film. Um, right, right. And um, I mean, I'm actually currently at the stage where I, I'm not enjoying shooting digital at all. Um, yeah, yeah. Which has caused me a little bit of a yeah. I I've, got to that stage a couple of years ago, and it's so it's so weird, isn't it? Like my my wife, I think would would prefer me to shoot digital more than I do, and I'm like. I just, I don't, I don't, I'm not having fun with this. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it is. It's so, it, it is very weird. And then, and uh, so what, what, was there a point in the podcast? Like um, when did you, when did you go back to, to film? Like, like, when did you get really super excited about it again? Cause I, I feel like. I'm not sure. Um, that's just, yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if there's a specific podcast that, that, that did it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's just been a, it's just been a growing thing, and it wasn't you know it wasn't necessarily our own podcast. Because when you when because when you started Classic Lenses, you were pretty much full in like the digital adapting classic lenses to digital cameras, right? Like, yeah. and this happened during your all's during your all's podcasting, right? Like yeah. this kind of yeah. So Johnny really yeah pat pat him on the back, man. I'm gonna have to give him a, a pat on the back. He's uh, he's turned like you, you, I feel like you've really embraced it, like. <laughs> You're, uh, I mean, well, you're, you're I'm officially the, the most, is, yeah, is, is, I'm officially the most strong, analog man. podcaster on, on our, on our, on the classic lenses podcast. Yeah, and, and it's, <laughs> and it is, it is just because of uh, Johnny, uh, Johnny has made me that right. way. So he can take some credit, but unfortunately he, he isn't the real, real deal anymore. Like I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Cause you have two podcasts now that talk about analogs. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I think when, when, um, um, came out with that on on your show. Um, mm -hmm. He uh, he was aware of the the, the large format uh, podcast, and he had been aware of it a, a little while. And he also was aware that I'm attempting um, to set up a community darkroom as well. So mm. um, so I think those things going on in the background um, sort of uh, illuminated his view uh, of me. Right. I guess. Um, <laughs> So when did uh, when did how how long have you been how long how how long has it been since you've been into film up until like this last year or so has it been a while or oh well I mean I, I started I feel, like should, I feel like we should be I feel like we should be doing a podcast right now but funnily <laughs> enough I am actually recording this um, <laughs> <laughs> so I can send it over to you can tag it onto a show if you want uh, there you go yeah. there you go yeah um, yeah well I, I started on on film and. Uh, stopped. Uh, life got in the way, and it was about 2014, 2013 when I, I got back into it, and it, and that was uh, lodged down to a friend of mine, and also meeting uh, Rachel uh, of the Southern 16 podcast before she was famous. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and she handed over to me her uh, Pentax Spotmatic, and I thought, oh, wow. well, I like this. <laughs> I remember yeah. these, and yeah, yeah, and I, and I think I also realised at that time this camera is going to be really cheap now. Yeah, whereas once upon a time oh, yeah. I couldn't afford it, um, and it and it pretty much just went went from there. Although I didn't go specifically into film at that point, but what I did do, I bought an Olympus OM one, and I started to adapt old lenses to it because I still had my um, Carl Zeiss Planar fifty mil one point four from the old days, because I used to be a contact shooter. Okay, and uh, and I, I just I just liked the look of the the shots with the old lenses, and it went from there. Um, I then went on to full frame uh, with Sony. Um, mm -hmm. and because largely because I just, my brain is still hardwired <clears throat> to 35 mil. Um, so a 50 mil lens has to look, it looks in a certain way. I, can, I know what 
you know, if I, if I see a picture and I, I'm a prime lens user, uh, so if I see a photograph I want to take and I've got my lenses with me, I know which lens to take out of my bag um, straight away because I just know right. the, the, the frame is hardwired into me. Um, so that's yeah. why I went full frame. Um, and I think then, you know, as I said before, you know, listen, listening to you, listening to um, Sunday 16 and the other the other influences out there you go yeah with them from emulsive um, being, being interviewed and 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 so on and i just got more and more interested and the fact is i turned into a, a dealer for photo photography equipment so i had all these film cameras lying around um right yeah which i'd, I'd sell on without testing you know and, and and sell them on in that way um and i realized you know what i quite fancy giving these a go and uh i, I bought a roll of film for an om1 um, I put it in the camera and it stayed in the camera for about six months before I took a photograph because I was too scared. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that actually sounds a little bit like my photography right now. And it's not that I'm scared. I just don't have time. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so like, uh, um, okay. So I, I got to ask you this question um, because my wife, she uh, is, she's using my, digital SLR now and I it, and it's good somebody's using it because I haven't used it in quite quite a long time uh, but it's like a you know it's a 10 megapixel like uh, a Pentax K10D like from like 10 12 years ago or whatever and she's decided that uh, at some point we should probably upgrade uh, to a, a better a newer digital SLR and 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 and, uh, and since she's actually she's never going to shoot film that's that's not going to happen so I feel like I, I, I need to upgrade and for me, with a ton of Pentax lenses, I kind of want to just move up to a newer Pentax because we're not looking for anything like super spectacular. A little 24 megapixel APS-C Pentax body would be fine, I guess. But but like everybody keeps telling me like, oh, don't buy the Pentax DSLR. Just move on. Do something different. And like, should I, should I go mirrorless or should I just stick with Pentax because I got a ton of lenses for it or whatever. But, but then again, like the, the, the full frame Pentax is the K one or the, the, now they have the K one version two or whatever. And uh, it's so expensive. I don't want to pay that much money. <laughs> so like, I, I don't know what, what would, what would be your advice on that? Because uh, you got it. You got more, uh, you got more knowledge of this, this area than I do, but like is mirrorless the way to go. I hate, I just hate to buy like, I don't know, like, Sony seems so weird to buy a camera from right now because, because I don't know. To me, Sony's are TVs and VCRs. You know, like <laughs> I just can't picture buying a Sony camera. But I don't know. But I, I mean, I get it. They've been in this game for a while, and I, I mean, we used, I used to work at a TV station where we use Sony cameras, like video cameras and stuff. But like, I just can't get my wrap my head around buying a Sony. Uh, you know still camera it just seems weird to me but i don't know <laughs> okay, okay okay well like the like the best answers in uh, photography uh, the the first set the first statement is it depends um yeah and it's it's down to you know what equipment you've got do you still want to continue to use the lenses that that you've got um and what kind of photography do you do or, or your or your wife uh, does i mean is she is she happy using a dslr with the with the autofocus lenses that's a, that's the first thing would she prefer just to continue to do things the way that she's already done i think so because i don't think she wants a big learning curve i think she just wants to transition to something that's higher resolution that's obviously um a, a a, well, almost a decade of technology better from from my DSLR, and I think she's just wanting a little more resolution, a little better, 
you know, uh, yeah. just 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 a, a, an advance from where we're at. So that's why I've been thinking just, you know, just buy one of the new Pentax APS-C bodies or whatever. And it'll be pretty much exactly what she's dealing with now, except it will be, you know, higher resolution and and, and, and lower. And, and actually, the, the I think one big thing is uh, she's having trouble in lower light. And yeah. so, the, yeah. of course, the new sensors are so much better than than mine. So, um, yeah. So yeah. I think it's well, uh, I think the, the first point re- resolutions always is a bit of a red herring anyway. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Um, wh- I mean, I I've got a, a Canon five D Mark one. I'm not a Canon fan, but I love that camera, and I think it's twelve megapixels on on full frame. And mm-hmm. you know, if you you know, I use it for lens porn pictures sometimes. You know, if I'm if I find an interesting lens and I put it onto my Sony, I'll just grab uh, the, the the Canon with its twelve megapixels and. Uh, uh, just take a shot with it and then run it through silver effects and the, the the shot is just perfect i don't have to do anything to it it's just absolutely brilliant and i'm thinking well okay i don't need 24 megapixels these 12 are doing right. absolutely fine but the other thing right. that they touch upon there uh, about low light that is absolutely the area where upgrading the camera will make a difference especially when, if you're using quite an old camera because you know we, we're talking about dynamic dynamic range now is what we're talking about and yeah. um, so being able to pull detail out of shadows and be able to pull back detail from highlights a newer sensor is always going to beat an older sensor it's as simple as that yeah yeah especially since like this uh this Pentax k10d it's the uh like it's ccd technology instead of like cmos i guess is the new sensors yeah. or whatever and like which the, the interesting thing about ccd is you know they did do colors very well uh and some some even some even prefer prefer the colors of like a ccd uh sensor over cmos or whatever but uh but there's no question that these cmos sensors like handle like i i, I wouldn't shoot this pentax that i have like any even at 800 it's it's noisy as hell you know and uh uh so um she, i think she's looking for something to bump the iso up uh in low light and not have uh as much uh you know digital noises we're getting out of this almost decade or over decade old camera that we're using you know so yeah. or she's using so yeah and that, that's the thing Go, going modern make makes sense unless you've got the the, the luxury uh, like like i have because i've you know i i have quite a few digital cameras but i need them for testing lenses that might come in um, but that mm-hmm. also gives me the ability to actually use what i think is the best camera for the for an individual job and like I say sometimes the best camera might be a 10 year old canon um yeah okay. but, but if i was just to have one camera then yeah it, it, it would be the sony if, I, if we're talking digitally because it's the camera that can do most things it can't do everything as well as every, all the other cameras i mean i've got a d500 if i'm shooting wildlife um the sony has got is hopeless compared to that same as my em1 um, but i i don't use my d500 for almost anything else you know it's, right, right. it's just good at that as far as i can turn and i'm not really bothered about the other things it can do because for me using old lenses because i only own one autofocus lens and it sits on the d500 that's if i'm doing wildlife um, but everything else i'm using manual focus and therefore i want an evf an electronic viewfinder uh, because they're just far easier to use with it with an easy evf i say they are uh, that's my opinion and i think that's the opinion of most people at least but you can do things right. like uh, focus peaking which i don't do but you can use um, magnification if you want a critical focus especially when you're shooting wide open if you're shooting a, a very fast lens then um, and you've got a relatively still subject then uh, 
magnification of what you're looking at when you're shooting f1.5 with a, a, a soft soviet lens um it, it's critical uh, because you, your depth of field is so tiny um you, you're almost certainly not going to hit that focus using uh, a normal glass screen yeah makes sense makes sense well, what about like so i mean do you think <laughs> do you think sony's just going to take over the camera market and run canon and icon out of business like at this point like because it seems like they have like the the serious upper hand right like yeah te- te- techni- technically um they're they're ahead uh, there's there's yeah i don't think there's any real question about that um there are areas that uh, yeah the new the new Canon um, full-frame mirrorless and the new uh, Nikon full-frame mirrorless—they've both got features within them that are compelling and 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 excellent. But if you take the you, know, you look at the cameras um, as a whole, um, as a whole package, Sony have have got the better as as a whole package. But ultimately, people they like to stick with what they know. Uh, generally speaking, it's quite difficult for somebody to to move from Canon to Nikon, Nikon to Sony, or or, or whatever. You know, it's going to take quite a, a move. And sometimes people move for the wrong reasons. Um, people move because, well, look at all the the spec that this this Sony's got compared to uh, my 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 latest 5D, and I'm I'm feeling a bit hard done by it. Um, and then they go over to it, and they you know, things are just so unfamiliar. It's they just don't enjoy using it, and they regret the move. Um, so it doesn't really matter if a camera is actually in quotes better uh, than another camera. It's it's all about you know what you're comfortable using. And yes, you can get used to a different system. I I did, and I can. And I've got so many different cameras. I can flip between cameras. I don't really have a problem. So when people talk about you know the the, the menus on Sony's uh, being awful, um, I'm, I'm thinking, well, <laughs> you, you want to have a look at the Olympus menu if you think Sony's is awful. <laughs> Uh, and uh, and the, the, the flip side is on most of these mirrorless cameras and the Sony included, especially if you're using your camera in a very particular way, which is what I do, um, I can set up the custom buttons so they work exactly how I want to do. So I don't go into the menu. The only time I go into a menu is to format a card. So I've got direct access to setting the stabilization of a lens, which is one of the big things about, you know, um, cameras that have got in-body stabilization you can put a hundred year old lens and stabilize it as if it's a modern lens with stabilization built into the lens and for me personally that's a that's a big deal especially when i mean i'd love to go well i haven't done much recently but i really like and i know you you like this as well actually um night shooting and going out onto the streets and Mm -hmm. you know i can you know as long as there's not too much movement going in there i can comfortably you know, take take a shot at a at a reasonable aperture at a, at a relatively low ISO, hand hold it at say you know eighth of a second, something like that. There are plenty yeah. of people who can do it for a lot longer, and the, I mean that's with a, an A7 Mark II, which is a pretty much like a four year old technology now, um, right? And it, it does a job, and I've got no interest at all in upgrading that camera um, because the newer ones do a little bit better. But frankly. Would it make my pictures any better? No. Um, yeah, well, there's going to be a few levels of convenience built into these newer cameras that are thinking, oh, that's a nice thing to have, but it just it really won't make a material difference to the way I shoot. So no, I'm not going to spend that two thousand dollars or whatever whatever it is on any of these cameras. Right. I have this digital camera, um, and I got it super cheap, and I probably should have because no one even knows this thing exists. I think, but it's a it's a Kodak micro four-thirds camera the s1 have you ever heard of this camera 
No, I haven't. And, and I, I, mean, I was going to say, it, it can't be a micro four thirds. Maybe a four thirds, possibly. Does it have a mirror? No, it's, no, it's, it's micro four thirds. Really? And it be. is made by Kodak called the S1. And I got it super cheap. And uh, I bought a uh, Panasonic, like Lumix, uh, uh, 25 millimeter lens for it. Uh, uh, so it would be like a 50 millimeter equivalent. This camera, and I know, I think maybe Canon might have had some of the same features, but it has a mode on there called like night shot mode. And what it does is like I could, I, I went out one night with this camera when I first got it. And uh, it's probably the, it's actually probably the last time I shot digital, which was probably almost well, a year ago. And so I went out at nighttime with this thing. And it takes like four consecutive shots. Like you hit the shutter and it's like, it takes four consecutive shots and then it combines them. And like, there's no, there's no camera shake. And like, it makes these stellar nighttime shot photos by like combining like four quick shots instead of doing one long shot. And like, it's, it's, it's effing amazing, man. Like I, I, I don't, I don't like, I am walking up to night scenes without a tripod with this, on ISO 100 and like taking this hitting the shutter and it takes four consecutive shots somehow puts them together and makes a perfectly exposed photo. Like, uh, and this is a camera that probably, uh, from, uh, from anyone's consideration, probably a piece of crap. I don't know, <laughs> but like it's, it, it, but it like, it's unbelievable at nighttime. And like, I, I don't know if this, uh, how many other cameras have this feature, but it's like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Like I'm walking up to, nighttime scenes and hand holding jumping out of my car i'm gonna take a shot of this hit the shutter it takes four shots and then i look at the preview and and then i get it on my computer and i'm like uh this thing is perfectly exposed there's no evidence of camera shake like it's uh, i was like man like i love film and all but man film can't compete with that <laughs> like that's like you know what i'm saying like i'd had to use like i'd had to use like t-max 3200 to even think about hand holding some of those shots at nighttime and it would be grainy you know which i like grain and all but uh but it would not like these were like smooth non-grainy no digital noise like i it's it, it, I don't have you heard of this feature? Is, well, is this a common thing on a lot of digital okay. cameras? Well, I've just typed it in because I, I, like I said, I've never heard of this camera before. And I'm just uh, and I've just got it up on DP review. And uh, the, the photo of it makes it look like an Ilford Advocate camera, actually, which is I don't know if you've ever seen one of those, but it's a uh, um, it's a metal camera from, I guess, the 50s. Uh, that uh, mm. uses a Del, Delmaya lens, uh, which makes it quite desirable. But it, it, it's a, it's like it, it's enameled, <laughs> and uh, okay. there's, there's a white white Kodak S1 that just looks a, quite similar to it. Um, okay. But but I'm just just reading what it says about it, um, and it did it, it, it does it, it, it reviews. <laughs> yeah. Well, interesting enough, it, it's it does have stabilization. It's got it's got in, inbuilt uh, in body stabilization or IBIS, as we say. So, yeah. um, so that is the reason why you, you were getting those, those, those shots. Um, right. Cause it was, right. it was stabilizing and possibly, I don't know if the lens is stabilized as well, but, uh, but the, the body was stabilizing the lens. So, um, um, mm -hmm. thought, thoughts just occurred to me. Yeah. We, we've done, this is, this is Mike of the, uh, negative positives film photography podcast here. Um, I started off by saying, I don't really, not really that bothered about digital anymore. And we spent almost all of this time talking about digital cameras. <laughs> we did, we did, we did, and, I, and and to be honest, uh, Andre and I have had some some kind of private conversations here uh, 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 off the podcast about how um, 
both of us are kind of looking at investing in some sort of digital camera here in the future. Uh, mostly me for my wife, but Andre is in a situation where he's like, he's kind of tired of going out at night with his coworkers in like clubs or restaurants and, and not being able to really like shoot film. Like, I mean, he can, I mean, it'll be like a 3,200 film maybe, and he's going to get a lot of grain, but like, and he, his thought is, man, if I just, maybe I need to go digital on this kind of thing because, you know, digital does excel at, at, at low light more than film does. I mean, there's, I don't think there's any question about that. And so we're, we're both kind of torn on this, this newfound sort of like uh, in certain situations, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, there's, there's something happening with, with, with me on that. So I've, I've been out a few times uh, with a, a, a friend of mine, uh, Mikel uh, Tekel. Um, I think he actually listens to your podcast as well. Yeah, um, yeah, I recognize the name. Yeah, yeah okay. And uh, he's a Hasselblad user. Uh, he's also uh, carries a, a Fuji Digital with him as well. Uh, whenever I've gone out there, I've just gone only, only film uh, when I've gone out with him. And it's uh, both times it's uh, been for sunset, sorry, sunrises. Uh, in a in a beautiful part of uh, Britain called the Peak District, and mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've yet to get a decent photo when I've been out with him, um, and it's largely, for, I just I, I just find I'm struggling with film to actually capture uh, sunrises. Um, I guess I really need to use filters more, um, but mm. I know that the pictures I was I've been producing I've been using slide film as well, which is making my life a little bit harder as well. Oh yeah, um, yeah. But I know that if I'd taken my Sony with me, uh, set it up on the tripod in whichever way, and I, I may or may not have used filters, um, I know that I would have delivered some strong shots. And I've just really, really struggled to to do it with film in those circumstances where you've where you've got you know a lot of brightness and a lot of shadows at the same time. Yeah. So, but, but I mean, just to not make this so pro digital, I would, I would, I will say, <laughs> <laughs> just to save my reputation here a little bit, I, there is, I, I, yeah, since you've kind of went back to film, isn't there somewhat this freedom and not, and not having the pixel peeping mm-hmm. and the ultimate sharpness and the worrying about resolution and all that stuff, isn't it? It does take a lot of, a lot of that out right like yeah it, it, yeah and i think it's it, that 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 is something like i actually uh I've, i took some i've took some really bad <laughs> aps photos here recently where like the the film look like, like it was shot in like 1972 and i fully expected my wife to be like uh, you should have just taken these with your phone. These look awful, Mike. I like them because it looks like it's from 1972. But, but, uh, but she's but, and I thought she was going to hate them. And and she actually was like, yeah, they look kind of cool. They look look like Instagram filters or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like it was kind of it was like Christmas. Like it was like some Christmas photos and stuff. I'm like, oh man, this this film was a lot older than I thought it was. <laughs> and it, it's, my wife's gonna be so mad that I just didn't take these on a digital camera. But uh, but <laughs> but no, she was fine with it. So uh, but uh, that that was a that was a sigh of relief. But but for the most part, though, I, I mean, when you're not shooting uh, really expired APS film, uh, you know, uh, I think I think there's something. Uh, Something about not worrying about, uh, there is like a, uh, actually my wife sent me a, a text that I was at work tonight. She's like, I'm looking through some of your film scans here in the last year. And I, I haven't seen a lot of these photos and you've got some really great shots of, uh, of the family. And I just, these are really great. And I was like, 
man, I thought after I posted those APS photos, she was going to be like telling me I need to give up film or something. But, so, <laughs> but yeah. No, you, um, you, you, well, I, I, I agree entirely with that. And, and, and I think this is this, this, this thing where like I say, I'm not particularly enjoying digital photography. Um, whereas no. I am really, really enjoying film photography and part, and the quality of my images now I'm shooting film has deteriorated rapidly. Um, <laughs> I, I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the pictures and I'm thinking, would I have even bothered to have taken that on, on, on digital? I don't know. It's as if like my brain's got to be completely recalibrated. Um, uh, yeah. But the, the flip side is, although I strongly believe my, my pictures have gone downhill, um, my actual enjoyment of photography has gone through the roof at right, the same time. Right. And I, I, it's almost as if I, I don't really, well, if I'm, go, if I'm going out, if I'm just, if it's just myself, then perhaps I might be there thinking, you know, I really want to make this count. But if I'm, if I'm going out with a friend um, or, the, you know, there's this company and I've, I've done a couple of meetups, um, one recently uh, with uh, Stig of the Dump um, from yeah. Liverpool at the Mersey meetup, for instance, I think I took four photographs in the whole day and I just spent the whole day talking to people. Um, and yeah. then, uh, and, you know, I've referenced going out with, uh, Mikel and I, I don't, the fact that, you know, I went out there and it's cost me money to get these, these slides developed and they didn't really work. And, and, and I was using expired film just to make my life even harder. Um, <laughs> I, I'm really not bothered. I mean, I'm genuinely not bothered that these photographs haven't really worked because I just enjoyed myself. You know, it's just about being out right, and, right. And, and enjoying the moment. Yeah, there is. And there's also something about like, I love the fact that I have like probably six or seven rows in my refrigerator right now, a film that I need to develop, uh, hopefully maybe in the next weekend or two. And I don't have any idea what's on those, on those rows. And like, there, there is like, it's almost like uh, Christmas day when you get those uh, developed or whatever, and you get to see <laughs> what you shot uh, good or bad. Like there, there, there's some of this, some of the, about the, the delayed satisfaction, I guess. I don't know. Uh, there is something to that too, but um, but yeah, I just, I don't know, man. Like I, uh, I, I, I went through, um, I started off shooting film and then I, I went through probably five, six years of shooting like digital primarily, I guess. And, uh, about the fourth or fifth or sixth year, I do this, like, you know, this big art show every year that I talk about on the podcast quite a bit. And, but like the, I don't know, fifth or sixth year I was uh, shooting only digital. Like it was like a month before the, uh, before the art show. And I was like, I don't have really anything new that I like and I've got to get some photos because I've got an art show coming up and I need to have some new stuff to sell, you know, cause I get, I get a lot of repeat customers and stuff. And like, if they see me put up the same shit from last year, they're going to be a little bit disappointed, you know? And so like, uh, so, and I was forcing myself to go out. Like I, like I just, I, for some reason I had lost the passion of photography and, uh, and I don't, I'm not necessarily blaming digital, but in a way I am because the minute I went back to film, I was like, okay, this is, this is what I've been missing. This is uh, like immediately my passion was re, uh, re, you know, reignited. And, and then, uh, and, and then immediately, like, uh, I've been like, super passionate about it for like three or four years now since I left that kind of thing. I don't, I don't know what it is about film that makes it more fun for me or, uh, or what it is, but, uh, digital had left me like very, um, like not, not productive, not creative. And, uh, so, you know, I, I guess the main reason I went back to, to film and then of course, 
you know, you, you source, and then once you start getting into the film community and how cool it is and, 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 and you start realizing how kind of close knit this community is, it's kind of crazy, isn't it? Like just it how yeah. interactive it is. Like, I don't know. You find that in very many, um, I don't know if you find that in very many hobbies, this much support and this much like interactivity between uh, members of the community. And, and sometimes I feel like our community is really small, man, <laughs> but, but it's really, really cool. And it's very like, you know, uh, 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 I don't know, just uh, it's very, uh, Oh, it's supportive. And like, everybody's like, it's, I'm starting to like, feel like, you, I, I'm starting to feel like the point. I, I know everybody in the film community, or at least have had some interaction with them, and it, and that's maybe not a good thing because we need to like not. There needs to be so many people in it. We don't know all these people, but yeah, you know. it's it's. I mean, I, I was I listened to you a few. I think it was a couple of weeks ago, and you were you were talking about. Um, I think I think yeah, you had Neil Piper on, um, and uh, you were talking about the 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 analog or film community in in the UK. And how you, you it seems that it's it's a bit more together or a bit more yeah, dynamic. Yeah. I can't remember the the, the, the phrase, and uh, and you also you know suggested that perhaps that might be a um, because of geography. And yeah, I, think, and yeah. I was listening to that and I was thinking, yeah, I think that's exactly it because I, I think in, in terms of sheer numbers, they've got to be you know a multiple amount of people in the states and in Canada mm -hmm. uh, that are. Uh, big enthusiasts of film but you know the, the size of the country but both those countries is just enormous uh, whereas in right. the uk you're looking at you know 60 million people in a relatively small space um, mm -hmm. so yeah it's going to be a lot easier for those those people to get together but the other the other part is and it, it's is this bit about a bubble um i i've you know, you do see the same names coming up, and um, and there are lots of people that regularly contribute um, to sharing the photographs and, and on different Facebook groups and um, and and so on. Um, but there is that thing about you know how how big are we in this 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 large grouping, if you like, of these uh, these podcasts and blogs and thirty uh, five MNC emulsive and stuff like that, you know. I have no idea about where we actually sit in in terms of the whole size of the community. And because yeah. I will talk to people uh, about photography, I'll, I'll meet somebody on the street who's walking around with a film camera and they've never heard of any of this going on. And, right. And right. I think to myself, so are we 5% of the analog community? Are we 70% of the analog community? I have got no idea. And oh, that's, that's, that's a really good point. Yeah. I, I don't know. And I feel like maybe that's, that's where we need to concentrate on getting those people involved, you know, somehow, because like, yeah, it's, it's I have no idea. Like, uh, like, are we just speaking? You're right. Like if, if, if you got to take a hundred percent of the film community, are we, only like really talking to 10% of them or are we talking to 70% of them? That's a good point. Like I, I have no idea either. And, uh, um, I, I, I suspect we're with a small majority, a small minority. Uh, I do. And, yeah. and the reason I, the, the only way I can quantify that is, I mean, I mentioned earlier that I'm, uh, I've been talking about setting up a community darkroom in, in Stoke-on-Trent in the UK. Um, mm. I'm slightly rowing back on, on that idea at the moment, largely because I don't know enough about um, the darkroom to actually um, <laughs> set one up, because I think what my idea of what a community darkroom uh, is and what it actually is in reality were two different things. So uh, so I'm looking at getting uh, something of a film club 
uh, going uh, probably once oh, a month. Yeah, in the, yeah. in, and uh, but all the facilities are there. We've got dark rooms and stuff like that. But the when I when I started to do a little bit of research on on community dark rooms, somebody said to me, "Oh." There already is a community dark room in Stoke on Trent. I guess what <laughs> you know, what how right, how, how right. could I not know about this? Right, um, right. Yeah, but so I'm, I'm active in you know local local groups and and so on. Yeah, I had no idea that this place even existed, and it turned out it actually closed down um, just just before I started to get interested in the subject. Um, yeah. So that that to me says that there's a, there's a lot out there that we just don't know about and it's just finding those ways of get of, of join bring these communities together and that's something that you know you've got to um, talk about m uh, from emulsive in within that uh, that that kind of statement because he's he does so much to to bring people together um yeah yeah i mean m actually dropped me into your your facebook group <laughs> okay yeah 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 you know, m, m is, it was amazing man like that dude is tireless about promoting uh, this thing and like he is all about like everyone like you know uh working together and making this bigger and and trying to keep all the just basically assholism uh out of out of out of film, film photography i don't know if is that a word is that a word it assholism? Is, it is now. <laughs> and uh and i and, and like yeah he's just his he's he's tireless on this thing man and like uh and i i, I just i love him to death for it man because he just he does um uh, he lives and breathes this stuff, man. Like he just, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's very, uh, inspiring, but, uh, um, yeah, it's like, like here in Louisville, like, uh, you know, until I met like, uh, John Gregory, uh, that does the light in the dark podcast, he lives in my town. Uh, he, um, uh, he's like the only other film shooter in Louisville that I've really went out and shot with or, or, or kind of got made connections with. Now he knows some other, my, my problem is my schedule. Like I would love to like, try to like get like a film camera club or whatever, but no one has my schedule working nights or whatever. Like it would have to be maybe a weekend thing or something, but cause I've thought about doing like the, you know, trying to do like a beers and cameras in Louisville or whatever. Um, uh, cause I don't think we have a chapter here on perfect. I know we don't. Uh, but I think even with that, like, like beers and cameras is not exclusively film. So you might end up find yourself in some digital club or something, you know, I don't, I don't know, yeah. but like, um, but yeah, uh, I haven't really reached out much to my local community, which I, I sort of uh, would like to try to do. But I have a completely different schedule than ninety uh, percent of humans on this planet, so it makes it a little little bit difficult. But um, but yeah, so I don't know. It, it seems like I don't know. Maybe you should try to uh, start a club, or maybe instead of a dark room, or is go go that route well, first. Or? Well, the, well, I mean the what i'm talking about specifically is um uh, there already is a uh, photography club or camera club um, okay at, at this location and they actually own a site and they've got a studio and uh to, i think two of the guys that are a part of it are film enthusiasts um, but they've tried and pretty much failed uh, to get the the digital guys on board with film and mm -hmm. uh, and this is something i've i've found quite surprising because i'm also a member of a, a different camera club and uh, I st I, when I had this this bright idea about starting this this darkroom thing, I, I stood up in front of the club, and it's quite a large club, and there's about forty people there. And uh, I stood in front of them and, and said, uh, you know, I'm starting this this thing to do with film, and uh, I was quite enthusiastic about it, and so on. And uh, you know, come 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 and see me at half time or whatever to uh, uh, have a chat about it. And 
just three people spoke to me out of 40. Uh, right, right. And, and what also surprised me as well, you look at the age range of the people in, in there, um, and this is more of a, gem, a general point now, and, you know, you know it's, you know, it, it's a... People you're not going to do some Johnny Sisson ageism here, are you? <laughs> I, would, I, wouldn't, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't dream of doing that. Um, but um, but they, they were they, they're largely dominated by people of a certain age. Um, and, um, and, you know, I'm, I'm what, 51. And uh, I'm, prob I'm probably about average to the younger side of things. And whenever, whenever oh, okay. I talk about uh, using old lenses or, or film and stuff like that, and it, it, it shocks me about just how many people, not so much about, oh, I'm not going to go back to film, although there are some people there. Um, right. It's also a case of they just haven't got a clue about old cameras and things, because they actually came to photography quite late. Um, and right. didn't actually get on board with photography until digital photography came out. So, which which sort of surprised oh, okay. me a little bit, really. It does, yeah. Huh. That is interesting. Um, so, like, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm getting ready to turn 48 in a couple of weeks myself. So uh, I'm right there with you on that. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it. Um, so I don't know. Um, where was I going with this? But. Oh shoot! I've, I lost my point. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, what time? What time of the day is it, or what time of the night is it there at the it moment? Is, it is now seven in the morning uh, here. In <laughs> you've not been to bed, have you? <laughs> no, I have not been to bed. No, no. This, this is about the time I go to bed because, like, I mean, you you work a factory job, and like, you know, I got off at like uh, four thirty in the morning or whatever, and like, you know, you, you just did all this physical labor. And you can't just go home and go straight to bed because I'm, I'm kind of wired, you know, like, and so I, I usually have to spend a couple hours to kind of, um, well, I say it's a couple hours to wind down, but it's mostly just a couple hours to drink about six beers so I can sleep properly. But <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of, kind of what my life has, has become. But, uh, uh, yeah, I have, uh, about 10 more years to, uh, I retire and, uh, get out of this situation and then maybe I'll be able to like do what like normal photographers do and like get up at like dawn and, and, and take like, I, I can't even, I can't even imagine what it's like to shoot photography at dawn. I, I haven't, it's never, well, actually I have because I guess when I just stay up and then just shoot at dawn because, because like there's no me getting up at dawn to go take photos. That's not happening. So uh, I'm just better off just staying up for that. But, uh, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a weird life I live, man. But, uh, uh, but you know, it's uh it is what it is, you know? So, um, but yeah, it's, I guess you have more of a normal schedule. I'm guessing. Well, I work from <laughs> I work I work for myself, so uh, it. Oh, yeah. no, that's right. That's and I certainly right. don't yeah, work yeah. through the night. That's for sure. Uh, but it's, uh, it's it's no it's no fun getting up at the silly o'clock in the morning to go get a sunrise. That's the that's about one of the good things about winter um, that you can you yeah. know, get up at say six o'clock and still actually go somewhere and, and set yourself up and, and catch the sunrise. Uh, but you know, as soon as well, the clocks are moving this this weekend for us, um, so that that will pretty much kill it for me now. So uh, yeah, <laughs> don't do more yeah. Else. I love I love photography and all, but I'm not getting up early in the morning for it. I guess not. That's not going to happen. So, <laughs> but. Uh, all right. Well, cool, man. Like, so, uh, um, I guess, uh, I'm set up now, so we're good for, for Sunday. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Let's, let's, <laughs> let, let's, let's say that. Let's say no more about that. Um, right, right, so, right. So, uh, um, <laughs> um, 
yes how should we end how should we sort of end this and then we'll have we'll carry on our little chat after about the secret plans that we've got uh oh, okay okay yeah. so, I, I, so i forgot we're kind of kind of half-ass recording a podcast now yeah. is that what we're doing it's, exactly yeah <laughs> it's all it's all got interested so it's it's probably it's probably worth doing something with it <laughs> okay okay well where should, where else should we go with this i don't like it well, something else we I, guess, <laughs> I guess i guess we i guess we can do shout outs now and um and, 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 and this, it, this, it started off as just uh, uh trying to get mike to figure out uh uh google hangouts and now it's become a, a podcast am i don't know <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> but uh, okay that's fine um uh yeah so where, where are we at <laughs> um well I'll, I'll i'll do some shout outs for and, and thank you for having me on the show mark um <laughs> <laughs> so I guess this is going on negative positives. I guess. <laughs> well, yeah. You, well, you've been asking the questions, so uh, I've, I've felt like the guest anyway. You know, <laughs> I, could, I could say a few other things about yeah, where you know. Well, the good do thing that. is, the good thing, I, guess, I guess the good thing is I have my solo show covered for next week, so I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> this happened. This happened when you when you had Johnny on. You, know, you need you need to get Carl on as well next, and then uh, oh, we definitely need to get Carl on. I I I, I think Carl is hilarious. I, I, there's there's like two people uh, that I can think of that have like a certain uh, vocal uh, inflection. I guess is a kind of like it's like Christopher Walken has a strange way of talking that I love, and Carl has a strange way of talking that I love. Like I just. <laughs> Uh, can you kind of pick up what I'm putting down there? Like I don't, I don't know. Like I feel like, feel like Carl, Carl speaks a little differently, and I like it. Like I, I, I don't know. Like uh, yeah, he doesn't. I don't. Know. I just like it. <laughs> Carl, Carl is the is the glue that holds our show together. Uh, <laughs> I just love like uh, how he just. I can never tell. And I, I mentioned this when Johnny was on Negative Positives. I, I was like, I don't really know if Carl is like really perturbed at Johnny or just what's up with exactly. him. And I can, never quite, I can never quite tell. And I kind of like it. I just say. <laughs> we, we constantly wonder about Carl. That's, that's uh, <laughs> um, you know, as, as, as much about that and his, his, his purchasing decisions and uh, his, his rash behavior and uh, in, in a really calm way. Um, it's, he's, yeah, he, yeah. he baffles us every week. <laughs> it's great it's great but uh yeah i just and and the fact that uh like uh, man like uh, he makes me feel a whole lot better about the amount of cameras i have sitting behind me right now in this big box of cameras that i have right behind me because uh that guy uh that guy that guy, guy buys a lot of stuff <laughs> so. he, he does but he sells them though you got he, he's good that way he doesn't hoard yeah you know so right, right. i mean it, it is generally the case though he'll buy something and it will be the greatest thing of whatever it is ever and then two weeks later it's crap and it's got to go <laughs> that's just it just happens so often right right well perfect well i guess uh so this is a this is a negative positive podcast episode is that, is that what we're doing here yeah yeah def definitely <laughs> <laughs> so um shall i shall i do some shout outs but so you yeah, go ahead yeah, you've got to go to bed soon anyway um, this is now my show so uh, uh so uh, let me uh let's see let's uh let's go with uh uh so, so simon uh where can the fine folks of the negative positives podcast uh, uh check you out well i can be found in a few places um i'm on the uh, photography with classic lenses uh podcast um and you can find us on well just just search it we're all over the place but we've got a website which is um classiclensespodcast.com 
com. Um, I also do another podcast which we've not spoke about at all, uh, which is the large format photography podcast, uh, which is I, which I do with um, the other half of the Lensless podcast. Is again very incestuous. This isn't it. Um, I do I, I do it with um, Andrew Bartram. Uh, and that's yes. we originally uh, the idea behind that was we were going to do something like once a month and talk about large format and the idea behind and you've spoke about this anyway and it's that um, I got into large format photography and I realised I knew nothing about taking photographs anymore um, <laughs> so um, Andrew sounded like he knew what he was talking about so I said why do, why did we do a podcast on that basis so that you know you can answer questions that because you know everything and i know nothing and i can ask the stupid stuff so that you know those people that have seen these big cameras and, and are too scared to do something with it and too scared to ask questions they can they can listen to our podcast and hear things and hear me asking those those daft questions that everybody wants to know when they when they want to start off so it's a it's really a training course for me <laughs> that's the uh, that's that's the whole reason behind it but we've got it the, the subjects or the people that we we've um that we've either been approached by and, and we've spoken to that want to take part in it of it's incredible um there's just a a wealth of interesting people out there uh, that are going to be coming on the show and, and we just we just can't wait uh, to for them to come on and to the point where this monthly show is now turned into a fortnightly show um, we've only <laughs> done two episodes so far but there's just we just didn't want to wait until um, next year before we could speak to some some of these people that we've got lined up including um we're speaking to ben horn on um monday i don't know if you if you'll know who ben or ben horn is uh mike uh, his name sounds familiar i'm not yeah. sure yeah well ben horn's has got a youtube channel and oh, okay he's, and okay. he's he's probably well for, to me at least he's he's the uh the, the best known uh, large format photographer that I'm aware of because just simply a case of when I started getting into large format photography I went onto YouTube to learn about uh, mov see. movements and things like that and uh, he's all over the place and this stuff is amazing and he explains things really well and uh, so we're <coughs> delighted to get him on as a, uh, a guest for the next episode which will probably go out the back end of next week or so um, awesome. yeah I got I to give you a lot of credit on that because uh, the uh, uh, you know, I've been doing a, a, I got like 217 episodes and I don't have the balls to do uh, large format. So you're, you're, <laughs> you're jumping right on in, man. So, uh, but I do think, uh, kind of the, um, uh, uh, the interesting, and I mentioned it on the, on, on a previous episode was, uh, cause now this is a negative positive podcast I forgot. So on a previous episode, uh, I mentioned that I did like the fact that, uh, you guys were, um, um, the fact that you that you have like you as a newbie and Andrew who's done it for several years, uh, I think that's uh, I think that's a, uh, a a good dynamic that uh, kind of makes it a little easy, a little more approachable for people that are you know a little bit more scared about it, like like I would be. So uh, yeah, so I think that's a I think it's a, a a good take on that kind of a podcast. So yeah, yeah. Well, it's 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 good fun. I mean, the first episode was just talking through the basics, and then we've mm -hmm. got, got a guest on, and it's going to be a guest every every time from now onwards. So. Uh, yeah, cool. Looking forward to more episodes of that. Awesome, awesome. Well, let's see. Okay, how else do I end the show? Since it's announced, I forgot it's well, now my show. I think. <laughs> well, I've, I've just thought we need to. Uh, uh, oh, let's let's talk about my week, shall we? Because uh, we didn't do that, did we? Uh, <laughs> 
Right. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll make this very short. Um, and uh, just, just, just the fact that I, I bought a, a baby uh, Rolly Flex uh, this this week, um, largely because, and I shared a picture on the on your Facebook group uh, earlier in the okay, week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I and I bought it largely because it was pretty. <laughs> <laughs> now, what is the what does the baby really shoot? It's a different. Exactly. Isn't it one of the one two seven. That's it. Yeah, one of the ones that's hard to get now, right? Exactly. Like, somebody, still, but, somebody still makes it though. Is that right? Or exactly. Well, that's that's one of the the benefits of listening to multiple film podcasts. You do get to hear that you know, certain things are available or now available, or coming back or, or or whatever. And um and I've bought some. It's called Rare Pan. Uh, two words: R E R. Oh, yeah, yeah. R-E-R-E, Pan. I think it actually comes from Japan, uh, which it's got Japanese labels on it anyway. Um, so that will enable me to take um, four by four uh, pictures on this beautiful baby Roliflex, which I just want to cuddle, which is beautiful. Which is which is much, probably, I'm guessing, a whole lot cheaper than a real uh, a 120 film shooting Roliflex by, by a long shot, I'm guessing, no, right? No, yeah. no, it's much more expensive. Not? Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. Well, the thing is, although it's it's a although it's smaller film, it's going to be produced in much smaller batches. Oh, I um, see. Okay. So uh, you know, you think about how many. Well, one twenty is still a current format, effectively. Uh, one two seven sort of died. No, I'm, I'm, talk, I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking about the, the camera itself. The Roly oh, the cam- itself. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's 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 much cheaper. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Because um, no one's shooting. Yeah, although okay. Rollies are funny things um, because some of them, um, you've you if you if you're buying Rollies, you've got to know what it is that you're buying because some of the uh you know a, a letter change or a version change or um you know is it a white face or not and there's lo- loads of by the way a, a white face is just it's got a different design on the front of it that just makes it more a, a lot more expensive for no good reason um right. as far as i'm concerned anyway um but there you go that's just that's just how it is supply and demand and if people want to pay more for a white face then 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 they do um but yeah rolly flexes are a bit of a minefield uh, because they're just so many versions and some are worth significantly more than others um so you can sometimes think that it's a certain kind of camera and you end up uh, buying it thinking that uh, well i can make a lot of money or i bought myself a bargain and then the next thing you find out you spent too much on it um and also you've also got the to factor in uh you know is it going to work properly and i still don't know if this right. baby really flex is actually functional yet it you know you can right. do, you can do lots of te- uh, checks on it and uh, to see that well that works that works so it should be okay but you you never truly know until you've run a roller film through it mm-hmm. and so is that pretty much your week simon um almost <laughs> <laughs> Almost. I mean, you, you, you touched upon it early, but you know, as as the head of the UK chapter of the APS revival, um, <laughs> I do I do think that we yeah you know, we've it wasn't this week. It was the week before. Um, I was at the uh, the photography show with with just about everybody in in the UK analog uh, community, um, and I was happily shooting my APS camera uh, there along with and Stick of the Dump was using one as well. So in fact, there was three three of us. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's. I'm pretty sure there were no APS cameras at last year's show, and now there were three. So, I mean, oh, that, that is That's, huge growth. Man, it is. The APS revival is catching on. It's taken over the, the just the whole – I mean, it's, it is the hottest trend in film photography. I mean, that, that, that seems to be readily apparent now, right? Like, it's uh, – it's really, really catching on. And uh, so I'm just I, glad it was well represented. I mean, did people just shake their heads at you or did they pat you on the back about it? Like, I, well, I think, I think they, 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 they generally realizing that, you know, you as well as being a, a film advocate, you are a visionary. 
uh, when, it, when it comes to these matters. And um, so, you know, I got the kudos sort of from you. It was just like rubbed off onto me. <laughs> uh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so, that's what it said uh, on Wikipedia, yeah. so it must be true. <laughs> Yeah, the the Wikipedia thing is uh, was something else. Apparently, there was a I don't know I, Simon. I, I'm I'm sort of blaming you, but apparently there was a Wikipedia uh, <laughs> entry about how an APS film about how uh, APS revival was was catching on, and, and Wikipedia didn't didn't quite approve it. <laughs> so. it, it. It was up there for three days anyway, so that's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it's, it's. I mean, you got to realize we're we're kind of a counterculture movement, and the mainstream is going to try to hold us down any yeah. chance they get. You know, that's a, they don't they don't want the cool kids like causing this causing this ruckus. You know, exactly. they're, they're scared of it. So that's, I think it's what what it comes down to. But, uh, oh man, so good stuff. But uh, well, I guess I should talk about my week uh, since we're talking about week. <laughs> But my, my my week since the last time I recorded a podcast, which was not that many days ago, has been uh, mostly work. Uh, but uh, so, uh, but I will say this: uh, the FPP uh, put up a post, uh, sent me an email on their newsletter. If you're not subscribed to the Film Photography Projects newsletter, you need to because they send you emails and let you know what's due in their store and all this stuff and all, all kinds of cool articles and stuff too. But they now are carry, carrying carrying. Uh, Kodak uh, Color Plus 200, which is something that's a bit a little hard to get a hold of the U.S., but not not that hard. You could find it in some places. But the main thing is they they are carrying uh, the Kodak Pro Image uh, 100 film, uh, which was only available in like uh, a lot of like uh, I think like more tropical climates for a long time, and then event, uh, I think like a couple months ago or so, it, 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 uh, you guys in the U.K. started getting it. And uh, but it's never been available in the U.S., which is very strange for a, a film that's manufactured in Rochester, New York, to not be available for American buyers. But the FPP has uh, uh, brought out Pro Image uh, 100 uh, for us American buyers. You can buy it from the FPP. So I bought a, a five pack of of uh, the Pro Image uh, 100 film uh, Kodak film from FPP, and uh, uh, and oh, I also bought a um, the Factmatic. Uh, adapter uh that allows you to use 35 millimeter film and like 126 cameras the instamatic cameras because i've got a couple of those uh, uh kind of uh laying around and i've w been wanting to shoot them so i'm going to try that adapter so that's been my week i just bought some stuff so uh uh looking forward to getting that stuff in the mail but uh yeah that's my week so uh yeah it's a <laughs> But uh, this is a this is a completely ass backwards uh, episode of negative positives. I didn't know we were recording, but uh, we are, and uh, so so that's where we're at. So yeah, uh, people yeah. often marvel about the when they say, "Oh, enjoyed the podcast," and you must do so much work um, <laughs> preparation for these things. <laughs> Oh, no, no, not at all. Not we could we, you... we could talk like this for hours. It just comes out, doesn't it? Uh... Yeah, oh yeah. All we were really trying to do tonight was to make sure I could get on uh, Google Hangouts, and, uh, and this turned into a podcast somehow. So that's what happens when you get a couple of film nerds together. It just kind of kind of flows, doesn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess uh, now that this is a negative positive podcast, i got to wrap this episode up. So um, you already told where people can find you at. Uh, Simon, you, you know when I say everyone's everybody stay positive, you got to say and shoot some cool film photos. Can you do that for me? Uh, no. Okay then. 
there is more. Uh, I've got a bit more of a, right. uh, <laughs> a bit more of a shout out about myself. Um, <laughs> and uh, and that's I'm on Instagram as Simon Forster Photographic. Um, I've got a Flickr account which I still haven't paid the money to go pro, and I'm uh, I want to do it and I don't want to do it, um, but I'll I'll probably will do. Um, maybe when they start deleting my photos, I might quit in a rage um, and, and not join. So who, who knows what's going to happen on that front? Um, I've got a website uh, where I sell uh, currently mainly lens adapters. Um, so for using uh, uh, old lenses on uh, modern cameras, primarily uh, mirrorless cameras, uh, including the new uh, Nikon or Nikon Nikon. Uh, mirrorless and uh, Canon mirrorless and they go by the name of FICAZ, that's F-I-K-A-Z and I also have a website on, or website, a shop on eBay as well, I think I'm down as It's Fozzy, that's uh, I-T-S-F-O-Z-Z-Y because we say Z properly over here. Um, Enjoy <laughs> <laughs> it. That's one of the things on it, it amused me uh, on on the Classic Lenses podcast where where Carl and uh, Johnny will quite often uh, anglicise uh, their 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 pronunciation to, to to suit me. I don't ask them to do it, but they just do it. <laughs> except for <laughs> except for they they draw the line at, at aluminium. Uh, they they, no, they, a, they cannot and won't do that. Aluminum. It's definitely aluminum, right? Like I don't know. Like is the United States the only place that says aluminum? I think it is. Yeah. Well, we might we might be in the wrong here. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, yeah. We, we, at, le at least you at least you pronounce it like you spell it. Uh, unlike things go. like like missile. It's missile. Why 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 do you say why do you drop the eye? Oh, we we we, we better not go there, had we? We're just going to cause 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 problems now, aren't we? Yeah, two two great countries yeah. divided by a common language and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Especially when two great countries are talking about missiles, it might not be <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, all right, well, uh, is that is that is everything? You got everything out? Yeah, right. yeah, it's all it's all there, and I'm 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 ready I'm ready to do the punchline now. Okay, good. All right. Well, I guess I got to go ahead and close this in the way I normally do. Uh, you can see my photography on uh, Instagram at Gutterman Photo, on Facebook at Mike Gutterman Photography. You can email this program at negpositives at gmail.com. Uh, you can join the Facebook group, the Negative Positives Film Photography Podcast Facebook group. Uh, now like 3,300 members strong. And uh, let's see. Oh, you can uh, follow us on Instagram. We have an account on Instagram. It's just negative positives, mostly ran by Mr. Bryce Randall. If you post photos to uh, Instagram, think about using the hashtag, hashtag negative positives. And then Bryce might see it and highlight it on the negative positives account. All right, folks. Well, this is a... Uh, this is, I don't know how this is going to sound because this was not supposed to be a podcast and it has become one. So <laughs> hopefully it made sense. And uh, so we'll go with that. So uh, we'll talk to you all very soon. Thanks for listening. Thanks for Simon Forrester for, uh, for forcing me into an episode somehow. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a pleasure. <laughs> and uh, so, okay, here we go. Everybody stay positive. And shoot some cool film photos. There you go. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
A Gutter Man Cave Production!